Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Well, this afternoon I spent time praying and asking God, what would you have me share tonight? And I'm starting to believe that he really has something for me to share. Because God says one has a psalm, one has a hymn, one has a spiritual song. And, you know, we have what God wants us to do. And we have it inside him inside of us. So, you know, he might want to use you. But this is what I felt like God wanted me to share tonight. And it's really four paragraphs. And hopefully, hopefully this will um, be something that helps. I just believe that it's God. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. It's John 12, 3. By the breaking of the flask and the anointing of the Lord Jesus, the house was pervaded with the sweet, sweetest fragrance. Everyone could smell it and none could be aware, unaware of it. What is the significance of this? Whenever you meet someone who has really suffered, someone who's gone through experiences with the Lord, they have brought limitation and who, instead of trying to break free in order to be used, has been willing to be imprisoned by him and has thus learned to find satisfaction in the Lord and nowhere else. Then immediately you become aware of something. Immediately your spiritual senses detect a sweet savior of Christ, something that has been crushed, something that has been broken in that life, and so you smell the odor. But if once that point is reached, you may or may not seem to be much used in an outward way, but God will begin to use you to create a hunger in others. People will scent Christ in you. The most unlikely people will detect that. They will sense that here is one who has gone with the Lord one who has suffered, one who has not moved freely, independently, but who has known what it is to be subject, to subject everything to him. That kind of life creates an impressions. The impressions create hunger, and the hunger provokes men to go on seeking until they are brought by divine revelation into the fullness of life in Christ. God does not set us here, first of all, to preach or to do work for him. The first thing for which he sets us here to, is to create in others a hunger for himself. That is, after all, what prepares the soil for the preaching. Praise the Lord. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. On this beautiful, oh, gosh, it's August. Where's the summer going? You know, think, my Lord. Anyway, thank you, Jesus. Father, we just open our souls to your word and to your spirit tonight. Reveal yourself to us, Lord. Touch us. Bless us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. 
I just want to share for a little while tonight on the topic of prayer and fasting. One of the most powerful Christian activities that we can undertake, and yet to me, I feel like one of the most neglected in the body of Christ. You know, we understand we're supposed to pray. And in the New Testament, we're, we're not required to fast. And so it's easy just to kind of put it off because, you know what, it doesn't feel good. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. Uh, but Jesus said, turn with me to Luke chapter 5. The more I study prayer and fasting, the more I meditate on the word concerning it. Uh, to be very honest with you, it's becoming attractive to me. It's becoming something I'm, I, I want to do, something I look forward to doing, because I feel like there's going to come, there's going to come in me a change spiritually. There's going to come in me uh, something. Uh, God is going to do something in me that He hasn't able been able to do unless I do fast and pray. You know, one thing is that we understand that we are triune beings. We are spirit, soul, and body. And God wants us to be ruled by our spirits, not by our souls. God doesn't want my emotions to rule me. My, you know, my, my will, my emotions, what I want. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want my body to rule me. He wants me to be ruled by my spirit. And one of the ways for your spirit man to take a sentence is to tell your flesh no. The apostle Paul said, I buffet my body. I make it my slave. My, the New American, Standard, New American Standard says, I discipline my body. I make my body. I don't tell my body. My body doesn't tell me what to do. I tell it what to do. I'm going to rule. I'm going to be in ascendancy. I'm going to be a spiritual man. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. He said, I couldn't, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal, as to just babes in Christ. You're carnal. You're fleshly. I don't want that for me. Yeah, well, you're a pastor. Well, that doesn't make no difference. I still have to do what you have to do. I still have to pray. I still have to seek God. I still have a life to live with God. And so prayer and fasting, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a spiritual activity that gains tremendous benefits in your life as far as drawing you closer to God. In Matthew, in, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 5, in verse 33, and they said to him, this is uh, the Pharisees. They said, the disciples of John often fast and offer prayers. The disciples of the Pharisees also do the same, but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, you cannot make the attendance of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them, can you? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. Jesus said, as long as I'm with you, it's like, it's like a wedding. It's like you're the bridegroom and where there's a celebration. You can't fast during that time. But when the bridegroom leaves, and he has left, he's ascended and is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He says, in those days, they, my disciples, they will fast. God doesn't require us to fast, but he encourages us. It's, it's something that we need to just take upon ourselves voluntarily and understand the benefit of it. And so, you know, I want that because it's going to draw me closer to God. I'm going to sense God's presence like never before. I'm going to be more spiritually in tune like never before. It's a way for me to submit to God, for say, God, I'm, I'm more hungry for you than I am for natural food. Now, it's not wrong to eat. There's nothing, you know, eating is fine. 
but also from time to time we need to just put that aside and spend time with God. And when we do fast and pray, it's not just going without food. It's fasting and praying. It's drawing closer to God in prayer and reading the word and worship. Hallelujah. And, you know, people say, well, I have such a hard time. To me, one of the real keys in fasting is to understand that it, it is a decision that we make right here in our minds. It's much more a decision than it is anything else. When you get older, like I am, there are some medical procedures that you have to go through that require a cleanse. Everybody with me? You'll find out in about 40 years. Well, when, when, it's, when it's your day to cleanse, what, you can't eat, right? I mean, you can have what? Black coffee, orange, you can't have orange juice, apple juice, just some clear liquids. And you know what? You, when you wake up in the morning, you just say to yourself, I just can't eat today. You, know, you, know, you understand? You just make that decision. And you do it. You know, you, you do, you do it. And, and it's the same with fasting and praying. When the Spirit of God kind of, especially when the Spirit of God is moving on you, you say, you know what, today I'm not going to eat. Or I'm not going to eat till, till 5 o'clock or whenever. You know, fasting doesn't mean you have to go a week or 10 days without food. You can just miss one meal. You can, miss, you can fast a portion of a day or one day or whatever. Whatever God puts on your heart. But when, if, if God puts it on your heart to fast till like 5 o'clock, doesn't mean you eat four meals between 5 and 9. I mean, come on, are you with me? It's like, oh, 5 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it's because we want, we want God. We want, we want to draw closer to him. And I'll tell you, there's something that happens in the spirit. I don't like the way I feel when I fast, but I really like the way I feel spiritually. I feel closer to God. I feel I can hear his voice better. It's amazing. And it's a discipline that every one of us should, should pray about and ask God for direction in our lives. You know, in John chapter 6 and verse 30, uh, the apostles, the disciples that were with John the Baptist were saying, you know, the one that you spoke to, meaning Jesus, he's gaining more disciples than we are. And John's response was, I, he, he must increase, but I must decrease. And that's the way fasting and prayer increases him and decreases me. It's a wonderful discipline that we should consider in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 17. In Matthew chapter 17 is a story of the demonized boy that was brought to Jesus' disciples. He, when Jesus was up on the Mount of Transfiguration, this was going on down below. They brought this boy to the disciples. The disciples obviously prayed for him, but nothing happened. And Jesus comes down, and it says in verse 14, when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic and is very ill, and he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought your disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be, shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. And the disciples came privately and said, why could we not drive it out? 
And he said, because of your unbelief. For truly I say, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say unto this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. There's some battles we won't win. There's some victories we won't gain unless we, unless we go the extra mile in fasting and prayer. Sometimes it's more than just prayer. Sometimes it takes fasting and prayer to break habits, to break, to gain victories in Jesus' name. And it's interesting to me, he calls them in verse, in verse 17, he says, you unbelieving and perverted generation. You know, un, and I was listening to, I've been listening to several uh, videos on fasting, just kind of building myself up and really feeding myself on that word and, and becoming more uh, excited about it in my life. But in the, the word, the word uh, unbelieving is, it's, it, it's, it's disbelief. And unbelief disconnects us from God. Unbelief separates us from God because we're not believing anymore. And he called them perverse. And the, the, the word perverse there really means corrupted by the world. So what he was saying to me, he says, the reason why you couldn't cast it out is because you're separated from God because of your unbelief and you're too attached to the world. Well, what does fasting and prayer do? Prayer reconnects us to God and prayer separates us from, and fasting separates us from the world. So fasting and prayer does just the opposite. It reconnects us to God and it separates us from the, from the world and draws us closer to God so that we can gain the victory. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful discipline. And uh, people say, well, I don't, what's going to happen if I fast? Well, you're going to get hungry. You're going to feel lousy. You might get a headache. If you fast more than a few days, you're going to have bad breath. You're going to be tired. You're going to be weak physically. I mean, it's not easy. Jensen Franklin, who's a wonderful pastor out of Georgia, he's got a huge congregation. And uh, he's got a church in California that our son in California attends. And every, every year, he calls his church to a 21-day fast. But it's not total. It's not. It's not a total fast. It's what they call a Daniel fast. Turns me to chapter to Daniel chapter ten. See, there's different. There's different ways to fast. You can fast all food. You can fast some foods. And in Daniel chapter ten, it says, "In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, and the message was true." and one of great conflict. But he understood the message and had an understanding of the vision. On those days, I, Daniel, had been mourning, mourning meaning fasting, mourning for three entire weeks, three whole weeks, and I ate no pleasant bread, or I did not eat any tasty food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I anoint, nor did I use any ointment at all the entire three weeks. So Daniel said, I wasn't totally fasting. I wasn't fasting all foods. I ate no pleasant foods. And the fast that uh, Jensen Franklin calls his church to, it's like no meats, no sweets, no dairy, no carbs, no pasta, no rice, that kind of thing, no bread, but just vegetables. And that's what they do. For 21 days, they 
My, I know my son in California, he said, oh, I'm looking for, he calls me in the morning sometimes on his way to work to see how things are going. He says, oh, I'm looking forward to that bowl of vegetables tonight, Dad. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, a bowl of vegetables never looks so good to you when you haven't had any other food for a while. But so there's options to fast. But it's interesting to me that he says he did not eat any pleasant food. In the, in the margin of my Bible, it says he did not eat the bread of desirability. And there's a, there's a Hebrew word there that's found there, and it's found in also a little bit later in verse 11. Skip now with me to verse 10. Because what happens is at the end of three weeks, uh, an angelic visitor comes and visits him and it touches him. And when, he, when, when the angelic visitor comes, Daniel is just like overcome and he just falls out in the spirit. But uh, it says in verse 10, And behold, a hand touched me, the hand of this being, and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man of high esteem, understand the words that I'm about to tell you, and stand upright, for I've been sent to you. And when he had spoken to me, I stood up trembling. In verse 11, it says, O Daniel, man of high esteem. And in my margin, margin my Bible says, a man of desirability. And that word, high esteem, desirability, is the same word that's used in verse 3 concerning desirable food. And basically what it's saying, what this teaches us, is that Daniel said no to desirable food, and that in turn made him desirable to God. Did you get it? I mean, he said no to desirable food, and it made him desirable to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that worth it? Isn't it worth pushing food aside once in a while just for a short period of time in order to become desirable to God, in order for God to anoint your life, to give you blessings, to bless you, to speak to you, to take you places? You know, the Bible says that those who are led by the Spirit are the mature sons of God. And God wants us to be led by his spirit, not by our flesh. So I just want to put it out there. A discipline, something we don't, we don't often consider. The discipline of fasting and praying. It's something that we are all encouraged to do by the Lord. God expects us to do. The apostle Paul said, uh, food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food, but I will not, will not be mastered by any. God won't be, ma I'm not going to be mastered by my stomach. I want to be a spiritual man. I want to be a spiritual spiritually mature and rule my flesh and be close to God. So I just want to put it out there and encourage all of us to pray, seek God. And if you feel the God giving you that tug, do it. Just do it. Try it. You'll be amazed what it does for you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. Father, we just bless you. You know, I don't know if this is good or not, I just had that thought in my mind, no pain, no gain. <laughs> you know, even in the natural, things that are worth, that are really worth it are not easy, you know. But for those who discipline themselves, even in the natural, rewards come. So, Father, we just open our hearts to you. We, we want to be, be mature, Lord, Christians. We want to know you in a way we've never known you before. So we ask you to help us, Lord. Speak to us, lead us, and guide us into this topic, into this subject, and into this activity of fasting and praying and drawing closer to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.